Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, everybody. Welcome. It is Tuesday afternoon. I'm Guy. That's John. And it's our YouTube channel and our podcast. However, you're consuming great. If you're watching on YouTube, like the channel, subscribe to it, or like the video, subscribe to the channel. Our podcast is down in the description. And if you're listening to the podcast, that's great, too. Our YouTube is in the description, as well as a bunch of links to some of our sponsors. Que paso? Who are you, giving a, who are you buying a Tito's for today, John? We're brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Who are you giving a glass of Tito's to? If I could, it'd be uh, my my former landscaper, Esteban, who's currently in jail. Uh, we still have holes around the backyard where we're going to put some ficus trees. And my guy, Esteban, is currently uh, in the Tucson, I don't think it's a penitentiary, but he's he's been locked up for a couple weeks for, uh, you know, I, money, you know, it says money laundering as well as... Uh, what do you mean it's this is Tito's ad. You looked up the police report? Yeah, I got it forwarded to me. Oh, yeah. By, uh, You're right. So it's just, I, I'm going to have one for Esteban. I uh, I just, I, I really like the guy. I want him back. Uh, we have unfinished business. Not, I mean, he doesn't owe me any money or anything. I just, it, it breaks my heart. So I'm going to do a cheers for my guy Esteban. Free Esteban. Wow. <laughs> Tito's handmade vodka. <laughs> Not getting what they paid for. No, they are. I mean, it's just the number one vodka, and we cheers to you know the good times and the bad. That's what it's the best right. part about the booze industry. They're there for you no matter what. <laughs> Some That's say right. that they do better during tough times. Uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka. Whatever you're drinking to or whoever you're drinking to or whoever you're drinking with or whoever you're buying for, Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Namely, 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. John keeping it real for Esteban. I miss Esteban. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to get the ficus trees? In the Nothing like when the, the text messages go unresponded to for three days. Where This guy better be in jail if he's going to not respond, if he's going to ghost me. And then you well, find out he's in jail. The, you call the phone and it's off. And That's uh, alarming. Yeah. So. That's alarming. Tito's for Kevin Stefanski, says Zane on the stream. Woof. He's aging. Yeah, I was listening to, I was in the car today, flipping on. Stefanski made me think of this because he is aging and he's got the white beard. And Greg Papa, our friend Greg Papa and our friend John Lund, are just breaking down. Greg is breaking down two Monday night games at once. The broadcasting, this one didn't feel like a big game, but then I went over to this one with Buck and Aikman and Chris Stapleton and Snoop and it felt big. And then he says, very authoritatively, as only Greg does, Derek Carr's got to be dying his hair, right? Now, I was not locked in on that game, John. Is there any reason that somebody watching that game would have said that? Did they show Derek? Did his hair look dyed? I mean, Greg, he's 33 years old. So, I, mean, he, I don't know. I don't think he's dying his hair yet. He just has kind of thick, bushier hair. <clears throat> Something made him say that. He's, he's always had the thick, you know, the eyebrows. I, I you know, I think, you know. For a guy who's a little older and probably has some grays that he has to die, and Greg Papa, don't blame him. I, I would do the same thing. Uh, yeah, I think you notice other things. It's like you know, you do a remodel, you start noticing everyone's faucet. You know, you just get things that. Uh, what do I do when I view? I, I can notice a guy losing his hair, Christian McCaffrey. You know, you just you notice things differently when you experience them themselves. I, I think I'll give Derek the benefit of the doubt. He's not at the point dying his hair yet. His brother, I think we could do a breakdown. Maybe you know. What's Dave now? 43? Even he might. Maybe they don't. I remember his dad not really having gray hair. Raw, yeah, I feel uh, like Raj. Dave's hair looks pretty natural to me. He also keeps it tight, which can combat, speaking from experience, you can combat some grays if you keep it tight on the sides. Do you get grays when you're a redhead? Like I saw Andy Dalton has just incredible. There was. Did you see the side-by-side of Dalton and McCown? Both their flows, I mean, are like yours on steroid. It's just beautiful. No, I didn't. 
and they're standing right next to each other. You know, McCown's the quarterback coach for the Carolina. Right. Dalton's the backup quarterback, and they they're both just the flow's going. Uh, I did not see that. I, I I'll admit I did not lock in on that game. Other game I watched, Steeler game I watched. Um, is Thursday night football? We're doing this on Tuesday. Niners play the Giants. The don't call us zero and two. Nobody's been blown out twice and has a record of one and one. But the Giants have managed to get blown out twice this year, but be one and one. So they got blown out by the Cowboys and they got blown out by the Cardinals, but came back and won the game. They're one and one. Um, they were down sixty to nothing through the first six quarters of the season. <laughs> Did have a thirty-one point half. Rose from the dead. Trap game. Yeah. Or just Thursday. I games think they were like legit. Oh, for the oh, I think the Giants, Arizona. No, yeah, I mean this game for the Niners. Trap game or Thursday games are hard. Well, I think late in the season, style points, Thursday night games, you, you might just be able to argue in general. Like people, and I was guilty, like nitpicking the Eagles last week. Who gives a shit? Just win the game, move on. Right? The Niners have kind of established themselves for this first two weeks. If this tied at half and they win twenty four to seventeen, doesn't matter. Just win this game, and then you get that mini buy. Like I, I think they've done enough through the first two weeks that the judgment on this game is much more just about the result and the health of the team than it is like, oh, how about those play calls? And the, it's like these guys are probably working. I, I call this the Adderall week for coaches. I mean, I can't imagine what's the average coordinator sleeping on Monday, Tuesday of the Thursday night game. Three, four, five hours max. I mean, you're not. Can't be much. Yeah, I, I, you're not getting six because six is probably like what you get in the summer, right? Probably an advantage for Dayball and those guys that they just busted their hotel and probably started working immediately. Where I mean, Kyle had to get on a plane. There's like some, you're just losing a little time busting into the plane, landing, getting in your car. I'm guessing go right to the office. Probably not the place you like going when you land after a victory. Like, I'm going to the office. <laughs> I mean, that, that sucks. Yeah. But that's kind of what you have to do. And, you know, I think part of it is just you get that win. Listen, Sherman, like Richard, he was very anti the Thursday night games. Now he works for Thursday night football. As a lot of players, he's not alone. You know, a lot of people crush the NFL for the Thursday night games, though the players get richer with the Thursday night games. The Kelsey brothers, and mainly Jason Kelsey, he's like anyone who hates on it, it's bullshit because – that that week, if you win, it's it feels like pretty incredible. Yeah, you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. You get a huge advantage going into your next game. You get to rest. I do think the timing of your Thursday game matters a lot. Right, like the Eagles and the Niners is a pretty big benefit to play the game. Though I think did the Niners have another Thursday night game late in the season, if I remember correctly. Uh, Niners play. Maybe it's the Steelers two Thursday no. night games. Steelers do play a Thursday night game against the Patriots in December. Yeah. So there are teams with multiple Thursday night games. That sucks. The Cowboys, I think, too. But yeah, the Niners play Thursday. They play Thanksgiving. They play Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You that it? Yes, they do have two Thursdays. Thank you. I got my color coded systems fucked up over here. It's supposed to be red. It's blue. I don't know. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, so they play that Thursday against the Seahawks. And then they Which, go to the Eagles the next week. So extra time, but yeah, weird back-to-back, both road games. Well, well, I think this is the problem with the NFL. My knock on Thursday Night Football, like, listen, it's just part of the sport. Everyone gets richer because of it. It's more that my guy Al shot and Herbie feels like he doesn't totally want to be there. I think the broadcast is pretty terrible. Right, I think if you could get a way to get people that felt big, like Buck and Aikman now make Monday Night Football feel really, really huge. It feels bigger than... like I think that game with the crew of a couple years ago would not have been a good game. And honestly, the game was kind of weird. You had injuries all the time. It, but those guys elevated the brand again. They did. Pittsburgh felt you big. Stapleton say what you want about to the fireworks. And then Buck. The whole thing was just, oh, I got me going the second I turned it on. It felt yeah, I mean, so different than the other game. It, which well, was the other Panthers game. Saints on turf, you know. They play on turf? Carolina now plays on turf. You didn't notice that? No. That's kind of great. I wanted to it makes no that. sense. I don't know. Do you know we anyway. got a doubleheader next week again? Yeah, although that one's better, I think. 
next week it's reversed. The ABC game with Buck and Aikman is the early game. Oh, that makes it because I was like, God, they're just doing the Eagles on a throwaway first game. What are they doing here? Tampa's undefeated. Philly Tampa is the first game next time. And then Ram Cincinnati is the number two game. That's smart. So this yeah. to me, like, I don't know. I just I I'm kind of indifferent this week because I just think the Niners are gonna win. I, I'm not my expectations of like we nitpick the first two weeks, and rightfully so. I mean, there wasn't anything to nitpick week one when they beat the shit out of the Steelers. But last week, you know, Wilkes like, oh, what's going on? Early on, you know, I know Kyle's defended Purdy uh, relative to his previous games. Yep. I think it's fair to say it was a little off. I Listen, you miss some throws in this game. You miss some tackles. Like, it's very understandable. Just win the game and move on. Yeah, I'm with you. I, to me, it's not trap game. It's just turning around to play a football game right after you just played a football game with basically no off days, right, which is essentially what it is. It's pretty crazy. Like, today for the Niners, Tuesday is Friday. And that's pretty nuts. Um, the thing that I thought I watched Bosa's post game on Sunday, and they asked him how you feeling, and he said, "You know, I think I got better from the first game." And he said, "But I need to get better again this week." And then he said, "But it's going to be hard because we play on Thursday." And I thought it was a really big piece of insight into Bosa, of like how specifically he practices every week, how he does get himself better every week. There are things he's working on every week. And he basically said this week, you don't really have that much time to get ready. So you can't get let's Let's face it about him specifically. Like he's in the category of Parsons, of TJ. Those guys look remarkable and he just doesn't, which is understandable. He showed up fucking week one of the season, right? So TJ Watt has, we've watched him now two weeks in a row. It's just been unbelievable. I would say T.J. Watt and Micah Parsons look shot out of a rocket every single play. <laughs> and Nick feels like he's feeling his way out, and he admitted as such, like I'm getting my football legs under me, which as long as you win, it's not a problem. That's right. If they were one you and know, one, the contract would be – they'd be to bl- – like the, all parties would be to blame potentially for the fact that they were one and one. Big time. Because I thought his best rush of the, of the season came like late in that game against the Rams when he hit Stafford. Right, but he doesn't feel like the same presence when you just throw on Micah Parsons or TJ Watt, though he has to be that for them if they're gonna win the Super Bowl. And now it's just hoping that he gets back into form. Right. And luckily this week, I w- the thing about this week is the Cowboys overwhelm the Giants up front week one. Overwhelm them. And the Niners in theory should be able to do the same, right? Starting with Nick, Hargrave, all the other rotational guys. Kinlaw's been making some plays. Eric Armstead. Should be a big moment, you know, for that unit, which I would say the over the Kyle Shanahan era, when the 49ers have overwhelmed the, an offensive line, they have demoralized people on national TV for sure when they've played these primetime games. And a lot of them have had the Rams remember, that stick out to me where they just overwhelm the line. This is a little different week because you are playing a running quarterback. Right? Daniel Jones he's, is a running he's quarterback. A good athlete. He's a zone read quarterback and that's not always been through several coordinators the, the strength of this defense and they have not played zone read quarterbacks the first two weeks they've played pocket quarterbacks the first two weeks and they really don't have any time to prepare they don't have much time to prepare for daniel jones who is a running quarterback i do think that makes this week a little unique i know we don't look at the giants like they're anything special um brian dable said today that saquon He's not willing to rule him out yet, but uh, your boy Jordan Renan, I'm reading a tweet here, said, have heard this every time Saquon has hurt his ankle, that he's a magic healer. Here's what I'm saying. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, shame on all of us. Barkley is human. He struggled each time he's come back. So maybe Dable's just trying to throw a wrench at the Niners' preparation, but he's not ruling him out. And Jordan's saying, hey, guys, I cover this team. Please. Well, you know who their backup running back is? Uh, don't tell me. Don't tell For, me. Don't tell me. Former Niner. Matt Breida? Yeah. Like, to me, Matt Breida has at most 35 yards in his bag against the 49ers over four quarters. Like that, I'm sorry. Saquon and Daniel Jones could, like, Thursday night football – Put the Niners in some weird spots. Maybe they get 14 points off some, you know, over the course of a game off some weird plays. 
just zone read, swing pass to Saquon, whatever. I think him being out is a really big deal. Like, listen, you can nitpick running backs, paying them or whatever. Saquon is a very, very electric player, and the drop-off to Matt Breda against this defense, like, he ain't the matchup. <laughs> like, that's that's not the guy. Now, they unleashed when they were just getting mollywopped, and it felt like, is this Giants team headed for a five-win season or something? They're going to get blown up by Arizona and then be a – what's the spread going to be if they lose this game 30 to nothing, right? Are they going to be like a 12-point underdog? They unleashed that Hyatt, the – the wide receiver from Tennessee who could Jaylen. fly, who who was, I think, tracked in preseasons like the fastest guy in the NFL. He made some big plays in that game, kind of sparked him. You know, Darren Waller is going to be a matchup problem, but I, I think that not having Saquon limits what you have to really worry about because I just don't think you're, like, losing sleep if Britt is starting the game for them. Or Saquon, you would have to keep Fred or Greenlaw kind of chasing him around the whole time. Yeah, right? especially with, with him if he is running with Daniel Jones. Right, You can just, we'll take Daniel Jones's run away, and if you want to pitch it to Matt Brady, go ahead. Yeah. The other thing is, one thing that can beat the 49ers, Pickett could not, Stafford was, is like clearly, you know, Guys, if you can just sling it around, that's not really DJ's deal. Quarterbacking, no. Yeah, I mean, he had a career year last year, 15 touchdowns. No. I, I kind of liked him. I, I thought he had an Alex-like jump. Uh, second half against, this is the Cardinals, but he looked he looked solid. So our boy uh, on the chat here, Hung Fat, says, Niners plus 10, too big to lock in? I have, I, I think early in the season... What was the year when we did the lock of the week and we just hammered and it got boring? It was but there was 20, like 21. Was it 21? It was like the Giants or the Jets, though. I think it was even might have been 2020 and it worked. It was a COVID I don't year? think might have been. We bet on one of the shittiest teams. Yeah, I know. The Giants and the Jets. We had to run. Had to be, had to be up there. Because we think lost it was a lot of Giants, Jets. Yeah. I think we just bet against the Giants and the Jets like every week and their spreads were huge early in the season. Look at the Arizona Cardinals are a good example. Like they, they're covering spreads right now. You know, it's. I, I think it's much more difficult this season. Ten points to me. I, I would probably stay away from me. I, I wouldn't. I just because it's Thursday night football. Now, if you wake up and the Niners won, you know, thirty-one to fourteen. I guess I'd. Of course, I'd believe that they have that in the bag all the time, but. Um. It's Thursday night football. That's it. It's Thursday night football. The night what the Niners should do because SoFi is so much sweeter than Levi's is just play all their home games there as well and just ship all the fans down and you know pay for like a bunch of. They're all down there already. There's a lot of them down there. I think I really do think. I really do think you've been there. I've not been there. It's it's glorious. I really do think part of it is. I think people go kind of, I think people spite attend that game, attend that game a little out of spite. Like it's become like so fun to be a part of going there and invading that place. You know what I mean? That I think it's like people people drive down or fly down, whatever it is. I think, I think part of the fun of going is that, you know, like we're all a part of this thing. There's going to be like most of us, we're going to take over their building. I think that's part of the fun of it. Having I think gone. two years ago, when I went to the game week 17 to win or get in, it was just like people attending to hope the Niners could make the playoffs. I think it yeah, started yeah, that kind was, of organically. Yes, yes, that was just a real football game thing. And, and then I think it became, I think the moment that game happened, and it was clear, it was probably 60-40 Niners. Then it became a really big deal in the NFC Championship game, and you're right. From there, it is clearly it's become a thing. These last year and clearly this year, Kelly Stafford now, said, "Keep them out." Remember that Kelly Stafford was like, "Don't sell your tickets." It's it's going to be a thing moving forward. And remember, Joe Staley and Whitworth got into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like guys, what are we talking about? That's right. Yeah. So, um, I was going to show you this. This was uh, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan uh, asked uh, this question on Monday. I noticed uh, Elijah Mitchell didn't get off the sideline. He did not play. What's your feeling of your usage of the running backs? Shanahan, quote, yeah, we've definitely got to get Elijah in there more and do better with our rotation than we did yesterday. 
that wasn't the plan going in. It just ended up that way. I've got to make sure that doesn't happen. And I thought what was interesting about it, John, is nobody believes that Kyle's not in charge of it. Like, I, I don't think Bobby Turner or uh, uh, Anthony Lynn just gets to never put Elijah Mitchell in the game. And at the end of the game, Kyle Shanahan just finds out, oh, Elijah didn't play today. But uh, the way he says it there makes it seem like he's a little detached from it, right? Like, I've got to make sure that doesn't happen again. That wasn't the plan. We've got to do better with our rotation than we did yesterday. I don't know. What would you think? I have a hard time really believing that just because so many skill guys on offense come in and out. I mean, constantly Debo and Ayuk are running on and off the field. There are times you look up, Kittle's getting a breather over there. And this guy never comes off the field, ever. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't blame him for wanting to get Christian McCaffrey the MVP, and that's what it feels like so far through the first two games. Like he's not looking for him to have like an awesome year to justify this trade. It's already well justified. I think he wants him to get the MVP on his watch. Like it's like a family thing. We got the McCaffrey family, the Shanahan family. We took Christian. We made him the MVP of the fucking NFL. We're gonna go into the same I, Hall of Fame class together, Dad. And I Christian. mean, I would right right now. You know, he's. We did this. It was so stupid after the first week. Like, could Travis Hunter win the Heisman? It was like it's gonna be so difficult. And clearly, like, no, Shador's the only guy that would have a chance on that team. Yeah. yeah. But like, winning the MVP, I think early on you can kind of like. I, I would say defensive player of the year is like it's gonna be T.J. Watt versus Micah Parsons the majority of the year. Right, I mean, the Watt name carries a lot of weight, and Michael Parsons Bosa's already feels like he's too far behind, right? And he already won. Bosa it. had yeah, three stacks at this point last year. Yeah, it's too far behind. Defending champ, so you usually got to upgrade, right? So if you're a 16, 17 sack guy, you got to almost do better. And if Michael Parsons is having his career year, or TJ Watt, like this is the year he finally gets his respect. But I do think McCaffrey would be the lone position guy. Maybe Tyreek, if he had like 130, like Cooper Cup's year a couple years ago. But even that feels very, very difficult. I, yeah, you I could mean, argue they, that McCaffrey, it's like basically 30, impossible. Games in Miami, right? Maybe. But Tua's numbers would be remarkable. They would. You know? But I don't think people wouldn't be prepared emotionally to give Tua the MVP. It feels like it's already starting, though. You think is Tua for MVP is starting? Well, I mean, you've seen he's got like 900 yards passing through. No, I know. Days. I'm just asking, like, you are people you're hearing people talk about it. I, I mean, I just think it's yeah, it's going to get talked about because McDaniel would. I mean, they they would clean up awards, right? If if Miami were to be the number one seed, he would be the law coach of the year, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're not going to give it to McCarthy. Eagles, Niners, Cowboys. Everyone thinks is going to be good. So one of those teams will have the one seed, and it'll just be they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, if any one of those three teams and the Miami Dolphins have basically the same record and they're the number one seed, I think McDaniel's getting it. I agree. Yeah, part, yeah. and part plus he gets reason. credit for the for just resurrecting Tua's career, right? That's part of it. Yeah, I mean, listen, Tua's got a, his his stats aren't as crazy. In that first game he threw for four hundred yards. Last week, Bill kind of neutralized him a little. He's four and two, but and I think Lamar is going to be in there. But He's McCaffrey's in the mix. Four touchdowns, two picks. Like he already has a couple. That's of what two is. Yeah. Oh, it's fuck. The from the highlights. I thought he had nine touchdowns already. Yeah, it's it's the yards. I really did. If you would ask me how many touchdowns, I would have said nine. Well, part of it is you know, uh, Hill Waddle doesn't even have a touchdown. Hill's got a couple, but Mostert has three rushing touchdowns. So some of their, t- you know, they they have three rushing touchdowns from Raheem. So, I mean, I'd say McCaffrey early on feels like a. Feels like a candidate. Kyle knows it. The team knows it. He's one of the best players in the league. He's, you know, probably currently the best offensive player on the Niners. Though I think Debo can, on any given week, can be the best. You know, he can dominate. They just, I get a lot of texts during the game. Like, do they even, like, why are they going to look at Kittle? Like, what's Kittle doing? Well, John, I I looked at it this morning. I think McCaffrey has, uh, I got to double check it, but it's like 70% of the carries. And Ayuk and Debo have, you know, probably almost 70% of their catches or their targets. Jennings has four targets. <laughs> like the one thing, and I wonder if this is the week, Kyle has really overused his stars. Not overused, but he has just really targeted his stars. If Ayuk doesn't play, or we'll see, 
what IU probably will try to play or want to play. Maybe this is a week where maybe Jennings gets some of the targets. Maybe Juice gets a couple. You know, we are due for a Juice is going to be open by 30 yards sometime soon, and Purdy better hit him because Kyle just spent two or three weeks setting up that throw. Um, But maybe it's a week where Mitchell gets nine carries and Juwan Jennings gets six catches and Juice has a couple touches and maybe Ronnie Bell gets a target. But it's not really generally how this offense works. I mean, you remember you and I talked about this a month or two ago, Ray Ray last year, who felt like he was a big part of the offense, had like 14 catches. I mean, it is a very top-heavy offense from a distribution standpoint, always. I would expect if Ayuk is physically able to p- play and the pain's there, he's going to play. Like yeah. this, this is not this is not the National Basketball Association. When guys are healthy to play, they play. It, it's really that simple. And yeah, I don't know if you've seen the new rules. Adam, Adam Silver's trying to rein that one in. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> yeah, how are they going to pull that off? The the players want to te- play. Find the teams. Find the teams. Okay. <laughs> you think the players give a fuck? Because they don't. Well, in football, the only reason Nick Chubb won't play this week is because his leg snapped. If he was banged up, he'd play, and everyone plays. And I, I, I saw some people in the chat, and you know, people are gonna like, should should they just rest Ayuk? Well, yeah, in theory, it makes a lot of sense. That's just not the way football works. And Ayuk, it starts with like he's playing for big money. He's like, I can get open on these guys with ease. If now, I don't know the pain tolerance, right? How bad it really is. Clearly, it's he not looked an like ideal he was situation. in pain. Yeah. So it's one of those things that it's not going to go away. He's going to play all season with a messed up shoulder. Yeah, I mean, you see Burrow's got a case like he aggravated his calf the other day. I, back to Ayuk, though, I do think Ayuk's already pretty well established himself. Like, if the Niners aren't going to want him big picture for a lot of money, his market's pretty strong, and I do think the 49ers get a first-round pick for the guy. I'm, I'm not advocating that. I'm just yeah. saying, like, there's going to come to – the rubber's going to meet the road at the end of the season. They're going to have to make a decision. His value is really high, even if this shoulder he's not for a couple weeks, whatever. Like, it's clear he's a dominant young player. Yeah, I mean, I, I I I hear what you're saying, and I you're right. I'm not disagreeing. That is how the NFL works. I I think they should seriously consider it. De- and part of this is we don't have the medical. The doc might say play or not. This thing is going to just give it three weeks, and he'll be he'll be feeling better soon. But especially on a short week, the idea of resting him is a is I think a good one. I just I'd be stunned if we look up on Thursday and Ayuk's in a hoodie. I just I'm with you. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it either. Purdy ranked number one in QBR currently, says Mike. I saw someone say that everyone shit on Russell Wilson. His QBR is really – I don't even know what that means. Like, It's know, the I, ESPN needed a stat, I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he's like, Patrick Mahomes' QBR is way worse than than Russell Wilson's. Like, yeah, I, I generally, with these stats, like you look up at them and the best players end up at the top of – any stat that you can manipulate, right? It's like, I don't know about PFF grades. Then you look, it's like Micah, Bosa, TJ Watt. Like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, we're not breaking new ground here. So maybe you can trust it a little bit. Um, so, yeah, my, my it's been two games. Like, it's not college football. You're not playing FCS opponents. But it's been two games. So from a statistical standpoint, it's just a lot of this stuff doesn't quite matter yet. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, 
Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. One thing will be interesting for the Niners is like when Seattle lost week one and then they were playing the Rams, or excuse me, they were playing the Lions the next week. I'm like, God, are they going to start 0-2? And now all of a sudden they win that Lions game. They play the Panthers. So it's like they're going to be 2-1. Right. The Rams play the Bengals this week. Burrow's probably injured. Bro is injured. He might play, but he's hurt. uh, He aggravated his calf, John. Schefter dropped one of those like – it's possible to imagine him not playing this. Like he knows, like this guy's yeah. probably not playing. I think yeah. the line dropped by like four points. You know, the Bengals a week ago were huge favorites against the Rams. I got the Rams winning that game if Burrow ain't playing, right? With McVay and Stafford and Puka operating the way they are. So all of a sudden you look up, Seattle and the Rams are two and one. And I think we'd have to acknowledge like they're real teams. Like in especially in the NFC. Like they're nine. If Stafford's gonna be healthy like this with McVay. And Seattle, who you just go back to week one, Geno's numbers were worse than he – like, you watched him. He wasn't as bad as you thought he was mm-hmm. once you watched the game. Like, they're a real team. And, like, those two teams are just – the Niners are better and should win the division by several points. But, like, they're just two teams that I could just see lingering. Like, if you're 6-1, and one, they might be 5-2. and two, You know, it's like yeah. they got, obviously, Super Bowl winning coaches, two of the highest paid coaches – Stafford's better than Geno, but and, and in theory, Seattle has a lot of talent. I, I guess my point on this is I just think we could look up and both teams could be like four and two in a couple weeks. And we all viewed, you know, Seattle as like a wild card team, but the Rams were going to be kind of the Cardinals. That might not be the case. You look up and you've lost to the Cowboys, and all of a sudden you're you don't really have a lead in the division, right? Well, remember the one now, granted, Russell was the quarterback, but the one year in nineteen, they're in fucking 19. eight and oh, and it's like they look back and Seattle's seven and one. All like, of a sudden you need Dan Buns to win you the game at the end of the year. Well, I do think my take on what you just said is that two weeks into the season, the NFC is not clearly the inferior conference the way we thought it would look initially, right? The way we thought it would look was, and and you know, you thought the Lions were going to be good. I did. I didn't think they'd be anything special. Clearly, Jordan Love. I shouldn't say clearly. So far, Jordan Love looks like he's capable. The Packers, um, they're one and one. Like it's just. Meanwhile, you look up at the AFC, and well, the the, Jets, lo- lo- the, li- the Lions do have one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, it's like un- they yeah, have it's, a, they have a dominant offense. Whether I'm not ready to say you were right, I was wrong, but right now you are looking way more right than me on that one. Um, but. Then you look at like the Jets are just not going to be a factor really in the AFC. The AFC South, I don't know what you think of the Jags. I think they're not really a truly a factor. The Chargers are 0 and 2, and there's rumors about Jim Harbaugh. Um, even Kansas City lost the game, but Kansas City will be fine. Was that like a Reddit rumor or was that a real rumor? Because I clicked I on it. It's one of those that I'm not sure. Do you know? It's believable, even if it's made up. Put it this way if you made it up, 
you will eventually be right. Harbaugh will be interested in that job. So even if it's yeah. made up, it will turn out to be true. Put it that way. What about That's Belichick there rumor. next year? Belichick and keep Kellen Moore. Belichick. That's not a rumor. I made that up. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. Well, give me. I, I'd say give me Harbaugh if given the choice. But Belichick there would be fun too. My yeah. point is that the NFC is just – it is top-heavy still. And being the one seed's really going to matter, not just for home field, but like I think of the three teams, somebody is going to have to beat two of them. Somebody's going to have to beat the Cowboys and the Eagles, or the Eagles and the Niners, or the Cowboys and the and the Niners. Or like you don't want to be the one that's got to win two of those games. That's why you want the one seed because you don't want to have to beat the Cowboys and the Eagles. But here's the other thing you were just saying. Part of it was like, God, the AFC you better get the one seed because you've got all these star quarterbacks, all these forty-five million dollar guys. Say what you want, like. If the Rams end up going nine and eight, they're, like, they're a team that it's like you just want to play Stafford and McVay in a playoff game, or the Rams have the number two offense in the league. Like, or excuse me, I meant the Lions. What if the NFC actually has six, seven like real teams? Yeah, I think they actually. Maybe I don't know if they have seven, but I think right now they've got hell. Washington is two and zero, oh, and like we know they play defense, and Sam Howell doesn't look bad, and maybe Bieniemy's a good coordinator. You know what I mean? Like. It's just a little deeper than it looked before. Just now, I don't NFC South, whatever. But like you texted me last night, Saints can play defense, right? Well, the the other thing because uh, Alvin beat up the guy after the club at the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he's you know, four years ago. I, yeah, I, I I didn't quite understand why Taysom Hill they, they were doing a little rotation. Uh, it was just for him to run the ball. I guess when he has a certain amount of carries, they're twelve and one. And someone DM me was basically saying that, well, a huge part of it is they're basically their practice squad running back. They have some running back injuries. They just needed him, and he can't just really play running back. You have to, like, snap him the ball. He's kind of a weird player that way. Okay. So it's they, they had to use his carries more than they're, like, doing the Drew Brees, Taysom Hill quarterback thing. There was a play last night, direct snap to Taysom Hill. It was in the red zone. It was probably, like, a five-yard line. He takes off on like a sweep. They put Derek out at wide receiver. Did you see this play? No. To clearly take the corner out with Derek. The corner bites to go. Derek goes to the end zone, hand up, but they got to Taysom Hill so fast, it would have been wide open. That's something to keep wow. an eye on. All right. I was a 49ers. I might steal that play. Yeah. With McCaffrey throwing to Purdy? You could go McCaffrey or Debo. McCaffrey, McCaffrey throwing to Debo. That's a better arm. Yeah. Could do that. The problem, I don't know if the wide or the corner would leave Debo like he did Derek. That's true. You know, so you got to put the, the moment, quarterback the, the, there. The, 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 yeah, the DB just looked at Derek like he was you, like didn't care at all. And then Derek's hand went up, but then Taysom gets <laughs> like he's destroyed Randy by four guys. Yeah, their their defense is legit. John like to me, yeah. Atlanta with Ritter, but not a team. Yeah, not a team. Um, Someone, one thing to keep an eye on is this quarterback coach, Canellis, who was the quarterback coach last year in Seattle when Geno had his breakout year. Now, granted, you know, Pete has a different offensive coordinator, right? He's not, he's not calling the plays, but he was there with Geno. He went to Tampa to become the OC when they fired Byron Lefwich. Like, that guy might be good. And the one thing I was saying about Tampa is – their core group of players, like their six or seven good players, Vita Vea, uh, White, Shaq Barrett, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, like they have a group of wharfs, like guys that are the equivalent of Eagles, Cowboys, and Niners. Now, their quarterback, major question mark, head coach too, but like their core talent went on are dudes. Like Vita Vea is starting for all the Eagles, Niners, and Cowboys, right? Mike Evans. Mike Evans is starting for all those guys. Yeah. Uh, Devin White would play right with you know him and Greenlaw would be battling it out, right? He's not beating out Fred, but hell, maybe they'd just play three linebackers. Like th- these are real guys, I guess is my point. Shaq Barrett's a real pass rusher, so Baker. Part of it they couldn't tackle him, but they're, they're just a, to me a team to keep an eye on if Baker just turns into like Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr. Because they got real players. Saints do a little too, I, I would say. I, I would say they're actually kind of close. Both those teams might be closer together than we realize. Yeah, I mean, you look up and there's... Uh, I, it happened to me last night. You looked up and you're like, oh, yeah, Chris Olave. Good player. 
Exactly. Mike Thomas is back from his seven-year uh, hiatus. Could leave again, but maybe it was just Sean Payton related. Yeah, weird deal. Uh, John, something we should address here. I didn't tweet back. We got a long tweet from a listener named Mike. He said, Guy, I've been a listener since the 95-7 days. I'm a diehard Raiders fan. I love the ham pod. I just don't understand why you both have to kick the Raiders and their fans while they're down as a fan. I know how underperforming they've been for our entire lifetime. It's getting tough to listen to you guys when you continue to rub it in our faces. I'm not asking for extra content from you two on the Raiders, not looking for a Homer pod that lies to us Raider fans. I'm just looking for you guys not to kick us in the nuts every time you mention the Raiders. Just my humble opinion. Love your guys' work. Now, I think I know what you're going to say, but go, what's your thoughts, John, on uh, Mike L? Mike, thanks for your uh, support and your and your, and your your feedback. You, you go first. I, I don't want to. Well, I think what you're going to say is what I will say, and you've, you've said this for a long time, which is we're not – we have we never or if we do it's in fun make fun of raider fans because raider fans deserve better than what they've gotten they've been a loyal and good fan base for a very long time and so the shots that we take are not at the people that support the raiders in fact we like to think that raider fans would you know you laugh to keep from crying along with us at some of that stuff but i was just looking the the raiders the only team in the AFC that has the uh, same point differential in the negative is the Houston Texans. The Raiders won a game. <laughs> Part of it is, listen, when you're easy to make fun of in sports, people are laughing at you, right? And it's not your fault. I don't blame any of the fans who just can't understand why every single year. I, I truly believe this, and I've been thinking about this all week. No team, and I think we mentioned this probably on Sunday, gets consi- and I've texted a bunch of people this. The Raiders don't draft often like second. I don't even remember them drafting that high since Khalil Mack. They're, they're always actually drafting like ninth, 14th, 13th, yet four, I'd say three to five times a year, they are getting fucking destroyed like you would in college. Yet it's the NFL. You look up, you're like, it is 35 to 7. It is 24 to nothing at half. How do you constantly? It's crazy. Because you would think, like, well, the Bears always getting blown up. They haven't won a game and they've lost 12 straight games. The Raiders will be like, oh, they're 8 and 9 this year. But four, their point differential will be right there with the teams drafting in top three or four. I don't understand how defensively they constantly just get mollywopped. I mean, it's like, what is going on? People are like, God, has Josh Allen lost it? And then you look up, he's got like four touchdowns. He looks like Patrick Mahomes. Like, nope. And you're like, well, it's just the Raiders? I don't know. It's it's wild. Listen, the move, best thing they ever did. I I and I was someone, now we had a bias and agenda. We were part of a an operation that had them, even though they didn't really rate, but we were close. I, I didn't want them to leave. I liked having two football teams, given what we were doing at the time. I'll never have argued, like, obviously. And it definitely is aged that way. Playing in Oakland or playing in Vegas, you talk about a no-brainer. I mean, Oakland would be that area. All three teams have left. I mean, the baseball team technically has it, but in potentially in like a five-year span. That and they all played within, you know, Dan Marino throw of each other, and they all left that little area. And don't blame any of them for leaving. Uh, and obviously, the Raiders, their valuation and all that stuff. Even though, what I don't quite understand about the bragging of valuations. If you sell it, for sure, it's very valuable to you. But, like, it doesn't it, – this isn't a home, right, where if you, if you buy a home for a million dollars and it's worth $5 million, you can take a – like, what – these teams aren't taking loans to pay their players or whatever. So, yeah, it's like you can be hey, – my team's worth a lot now. Yeah, if Mark Davis wanted to sell, I, I whatever you think it's worth, he could probably get a couple million dollars or a couple billion more. He would get a shitload, especially now that it's in Vegas over – Oakland, but it doesn't actually like impact. Like the reason they didn't have any money when they were in Oakland was they don't have other businesses or whatever, right? It's not, and the suites, and maybe eventually when this thing kind of everyone gets squared up, they'll have much more cash to throw around and they can have these huge signing bonus and they'll be closer to that. But like the, the valuation is something that I get tagged in a bunch of tweets like, Middle God, you see this shit? Like, well, what is that? So now they they can get, they could have given Khalil Mack today. Like, I don't think it's that big of a difference yet. Over time, undeniable that it will be. 
but their operation has consistently been I mean last year they had a quarterback who'd been a nine-year starter for them polarizing player and I thought last night it wasn't his finest performance he doesn't look like he's playing at a super high level right now in Derek that he got sent home now whether he wanted to go home whether they sent him home is up for debate there have been several versions of it but that literally happened Derek Carr nine-year starter last two games sitting at home like that like bizarre shit face of the franchise not nine-year starter yeah, if bizarre shits happened to the 49ers, and it did when you and I were talking back with the Chip Kelly and Jed and Harbaugh and Tom Sula, they got utterly, everyone that had a pulse was taking a dump on them, rightfully so. Feels like the Raiders just can't get out of, like, look at the Browns. You make a historic trade and give the biggest contract in NFL history to a guy who hadn't played in two years that said, I'm not coming to you guys. And then they basically said, what if we guarantee your entire contract? And then he comes and he's terrible. Like, that's just what, so everyone's making fun of the Browns again. Because like, what? Only the Browns? What? Even David Tepper, who I would say the Panthers have a long way to go before we say they know what they're doing, said like, yeah, we're not, we're not guaranteeing your whole contract for you. You got like 25 women coming after you in the state of Texas. Like, let's just, let's pump the brakes here a little bit. So the, the Raiders are just constantly involved in these I mean, always happens. And I don't I, I don't make the stories. Like I John Grude got fired on Monday Night Football, week five. Antonio Brown came in a blimp with burned feet. Like you just I, I can't make up the shit that happens to him. If they were just doing normal football, like it's hard to make fun of the Steelers beside like, ah, their offensive coordinator sucks. Like that's just normal football talk. But you can never be like, ah, look at uh you know, Chase Claypool took a dump in Mike Tomlin's locker. <laughs> and put like sign Kenny Pickett on it. Like, you know, that's like, if that happened, everyone would make fun of the Steelers. Right. And that's the same stuff that happens to the Raiders. Just keeps happening. It keeps happening. It never never stops. They've had, they've only had only, I don't know if this number sounds small, three top five picks in the last 13 years. It's crazy. (laughs) One in the past eight. They have a very, very famous player right now. The Niners. Huge. Been to Super Bowl and NFC Championship games. have had more top five picks than the Raiders in that span. I would say one of their top five or, maybe or six the same, most, I guess, in that span. most famous players on the team is Chandler Jones, whose brother happens to be like this polarizing, some call him the most talented UFC fighter of all time, has been traded away from Belichick because he went naked into a, into a precinct, currently went on a two-week Twitter tirade when he wasn't allowed play. They told him to stay home. Like that's currently happening. The other, it was either yesterday or two days ago. He just tweeted, my phone was hacked. <laughs> I mean, it's just like the, we hadn't even mentioned that situation. This no. was a guy they gave a lot of money to who was supposed to help. I don't know. Their star pass rusher. You can't even make this stuff up. Can you we imagine can, if the Niners had the equivalent conversation about this, which was the what, intent? What, the, the, the Niners. <laughs> If the Niners had signed Chandler Jones and he had been doing that, it would have been one of the bigger stories in the NFL, I feel like, don't you? We hadn't really even been talking about it. Without question. Feels like it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. So I, I'd argue even, you know, lucky. it feels like Jimmy's star has like severely diminished. Doesn't it feel that way, or am I being a hater? Uh, it feels like you have to speaking, look for Jimmy. You don't see Jimmy. Facts. But again, not not trying to be a hater. Not trying to be a hater, and definitely not trying to kick fans when they're down. More look, John was the Raiders pre and post game, or just post game host for one year or two. Two, I think. Two. Um, I went to a lot of the same Raider games as John. I left after the fourth quarter, but I was there during the game. We spent a lot of time around the Raiders. Uh, my, 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 I got fired year two, okay. week one, covering the Raiders. <laughs> Uh, interviewed Latavius Murray on our last day on radio. Raiders have a, they've been a part of our lives. So we appreciate the fans that have been loyal to the Raiders. No Raider fans, right? We, we, like we live, grew up Northern California. Like you just around people who care about the Raiders. So at no point are we kicking Raiders fans. It's more a let's all, let's all laugh. We, we will join. We want to join you. If we could step into your world for a minute Make fun, go, oh my God, you guys, like, you don't deserve this. This is crazy. 
and then leave that world. That's kind of what we're doing. That's what Raider Guy does, at least. I, I swear on my life, I'm not making this up. Okay. When I turned on the Bills Raider game and they scored on their first drive, I went into that game kind of rooting for the Raiders. I think, hey, starting 2-0, and Jimmy with Devontae, you know, Max Crosby, who I'm a big fan of, be kind of a cool story. And they went up 7 nothing, And then the game ended, and it was like you texted me. You texted me like back-to-back plays. You're like, Adams, quick screen, Adams, touchdown. <laughs> like yeah, you I mean, started doing looked... play-by-play text message to me on the Raider game. Because they came out. Like, get to the Raider game now. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah, they came out hot. And then they turned into the Raiders and lost 38 to 10. Like 38 to 10 in the NFL. There's no way, like, oh, it's closer than it seemed. Or like, <laughs> there, you know, there are some like 24 10 games. Like, that thing was close. You, the Raiders playing all these games, like, yeah, the thing wasn't, <laughs> was over by the second quarter. They, they play in all these games constantly, but they end up winning eight games. It'd be one thing. It's like, God, they've missed on. They've just been the worst drafting team. That was always the thing with Al Davis. It's like, you know, they pass on this guy. They pass on this guy. For the most part, it's like, oh, yeah, the Raiders drafted 14th. You know, they, they drafted 12. You know, they, they don't even get the opportunity to, 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 to take the sweet guys. But throughout the season, they get just embarrassed. But they also have some moments where it's like, are they really going to beat the Chiefs on Monday Night Football? And then the answer is no. And then <laughs> they always have a game that makes you go like, you better respect us, right? Yeah. Uh, NorCal Dan, I'm 31, born and raised in San Mateo County, grew up in Folsom, live in Roseville my whole life, have made fun of the Raiders. I call them the Chokeland Raiders. So I feel like you're doing it out of hate. We're doing it out of love, NorCal Dan. Yeah. Uh, John. Listen, wh- whoever, Jerry the league was behind the move. It's one of the truly great moves in, I would say sporting history financially. It, 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 it really is. And I know people listening to this, a lot of them obviously live in Northern California. It hurt. And I understand, like I know a lot of those people, but it can't be argued that financially for the franchise, big picture. Cause the Davis family is not going to own this thing forever. Yeah. Last I checked, Mark does not have children. So like when this like it'll be owned by another family one day, it, it, it'll it'll have huge benefits. Uh, what if you just found franchise. out suddenly? Like no, this is Mark Davis's twenty eight year old son, and he's stepping into a management role. Um, real quick, because we, we could go. we could argue whether the A's can survive or not in, in Oakland. Uh, the Raiders could not. There is no the, the Niners are the fucking Yankees. Well, I mean the Khalil Mack situation is a great example too, right? Like they had to get rid of Khalil Mack; they couldn't afford. To pay him to keep. Him. Did you see the story that went kind of viral? I think last week he told Chris Long that the Niners were going to trade for him. They were number one. The Niners had the better offer, is what he said. I do support Bears. Mark Davis under no circumstances could they have traded him to the 49ers, Correct. I agree because it would have been like we got a one. It would be like pick twenty nine. <laughs> but like they, their offer would have to be three dollars, you know, better than the other offer right. that was a right. dollar for me, maybe even more to entertain. Maybe Can more. you imagine no. if that story had broken, he got traded to the 49ers? No. <laughs> Unacceptable. Yeah. They uh, Jack Hammer, who covers the 49ers, wrote, uh, according to source, Brandon Ayuk had a CT scan yesterday. It revealed no break in the clavicle er- area. His ability to play Thursday night will all be about pain tolerance. So... Well, clearly, uh, if he, had, I mean, if it, if he would have, if the CT scan would have revealed that he broke his clavicle, you know, it would have been reported that he would have been out for, you know, a substantial amount of time in the season, right? If he had broken his clavicle, and the other thing is, he wouldn't have been able to, on that first catch, had a bone had broken, it, he he wouldn't have been able to keep playing. We've seen a lot of players break their clavicle. It's you're coming out of the game. That's clearly a painful injury, regardless of what position you play. So they got. I guess you could say they got lucky there. But it, to me, it was pretty clear he didn't have a broken clavicle because when broken clavicles happen, the guy leaves the game and leaves the season for a while. Yeah, the follow-up here, yeah, the follow here from Roto is uh, the prevailing wisdom of the, is that if it's not a break, he most likely is dealing with an AC sprain. So 
Which I think is what we assumed it was, right? Sprained shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't uh, sound very fun. No. All right. On that note, that's it. Did we get everybody? Oh, we know we had. Uh, hold on, real quick, real quick, real quick. Gammon gave us two bucks to say, "What helmets are in your background? Do they fit?" This is a shut. Tito's. That's a three and out Rydell. It's pretty tight. Yeah, I think with this one. That looks good. And uh, Iceman gave us two bucks to say, um, SoFi seems to pump in noise for Rams fans. Somebody told me, I got a DM from somebody that said they were at the game and that they thought there was pump fake noise in there. But anyway. Do I look like Henry Blackburn? Can you see over the offensive line? <laughs> Henry Blackburn. Coach Prime has name? said, we forgive Henry Blackburn. Stop sending death threats to him and his mother. So, who's Colorado State got this week? You think it, you know, a lot? Of, I think they'll have the uh, fifth most watched game in ESPN history uh, this weekend. <laughs> it was the fifth most watched game in the, the history of the network in, in ESPN's history, and the most watched late primetime game in ESPN's history. Uh, it peaked at 11 million viewers and averaged 9.3 million. I definitely would have guessed it's one of the highest rated. What, it was a seven thirty kickoff, correct? Yeah, Pacific. So but, it's eight thirty yeah. there. Th- that game typically, right for that slot, is Colorado, Colorado State, State, or you know Washington State, Fresno State. You know, a game like that that is not. I, I would imagine that game typically. If you had to guess, week three, that spot, West Coast teams, even if it's USC, sometimes like USC, Fresno State can be three million people max. Like a lot. I bet a lot. That like feels like the number to me. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the brand. Like if, best, if you tell yeah. me it's if it's Boise State, San Diego State, which I guess, you know, the mountain but you know what I mean. Like Oregon yep. State, Boise State or something. Right. They might have gotten some one point eight. Like clearly this story I I mean, it's just Dion and the talking. Like why why do you think it's grown so much? The winning? Well, just I the think perfect storm. I think uh I think this one was, it was a boxing match level hype. It was like the way boxing used to be. It was Jay Norvell says, you take off your hat and your sunglasses when you talk to adults. And then it wasn't like Dion clapped back. It was then McAfee shows up on campus and The Rock comes on the show with Stephen A. Smith. And they're like, this is insane. Here we go. Like it was as much hype as you could possibly build into a game. Then it's like the only really like good game on, right? Fresno State ASU was a blowout. So you get all the it's it's coach prime. Then there's like real wrestling boxing level hype. Then you've got all this build up, big noon and college game day are there, and the rock is there, and like every famous person is there. Then Didn't the little Wayne incredible. lead him out the tunnel? Little Wayne. <laughs> Did you see them come out the tunnel? Him come out the tunnel with Ralphie. Lil Wayne let him out. I didn't catch that. Uh, not with Ralphie, but like the team. Little oh. Wayne had a mic. And I think was rapping uh, like a boxer yeah, would or UFC guy come out of, you know, to the ring. Here's my question. This week they play Oregon on Fox. Will that rating be this big? I say no. I just think the hype of last week is just impossible to duplicate. And it's still going to do a good number this week. I think like the, the, the number one Herbie is going to be at LSU, Arkansas. I said five. I, I, I think the unique spot about that the game's timing last week is it essentially became a solo primetime game, yeah. right? Yep. Not uh, primetime. It was later on the yeah. West coast, but those people are used to late nights people were up where first. like, for example, this week, cause Oregon, Colorado is huge. If I told you that was kicking off at seven 30, I don't know if it would get maybe nine and a half just because the, the boxing lead up, it, it's clearly been pretty quiet for the first, 48 hours of, of this week, and I, I would expect a lot of these Pac-12 games to be like that. But there are other games going on during that period of time. Like Ole Miss is playing Alabama. You know, uh, UCLA is playing Utah. So just other people that like watching college football might be watching their other team. W- w- what time does Notre Dame kick off against Ohio State? Is that a night game or is that a day game? I don't know. Let's see. Uh. Uh, it's it's four thirty, so that that doesn't carry over. But like, there are just other games 
to me, when you play at 12 or you play at four or even at nine, you're going up against a lot of other inventory. If you do get the 7.30 spot, like if I told you the following week, instead of the 9 a.m. kickoff, which will do a huge rating on Fox, but I put USC Colorado at 7.30, Caleb Shador, I think that would get it a fucking enormous number. Yeah, I think this might be the biggest number they get just because of everything you just described and the buildup of last week. SC is going to be big noon. This week, they're on ABC up against Utah, UCLA on Fox. Good game. Alabama, Ole Miss on CBS. Did you see what Lane said this week? With he, he like he kind of pulled a D on, you know, in, in like an SEC way that they just secretly made a coordinator change that well, we noticed he, on film. Like Saban is saying, this guy's our coordinator, and Lane just like at, Lane's like, oh, I didn't know I was saying anything. I just was saying what I saw. Like I just think the other guy's the coordinator. I think Nick's lying to all you guys. I didn't mean anything by it. Basically, is what happened. I think the USC Colorado game will do enor- will do bigger numbers than this. You could argue USC's. You, you know, think it's going to do like ten million or something like that? Well, I'm just looking. The nine a.m. slot next week is is a lot of like Akron, Buffaloes, Clemson, Syracuse, Utah State, UConn's. Like, there's not as many like Alabama, Ole Miss. Just a lot of people in the South are going to be watching that thing. Where right. that guy that loves college football was probably watching some of Prime Saturday night, right? So nine o'clock the following weekend, which there's nothing close. ABC has Clemson, Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, I that's it. I don't love it just because I remember, guy. The, if you go to the ESPN page, you know, on the tickets, like the, go as low as a lot of like 18s, even for cool games like Texas A&M, Arkansas, it's like 85, 15, nine dollars. Colorado USC is almost $400. Cheapest ticket to get in $400. Wow. I, I don't see anything else. Georgia at Auburn, for example, right? I mean, that's big, big game in the South. $145. I'll tell you what, the, man. If there's I was nothing a, even over a hundred, uh, LSU at Ole Miss, 112. If I was a college student, 10 a.m. kicks for my school, I would love. I know you got to get up early after Friday, but you just groggy, you roll out of bed, ninth, go to the stadium, and then you got all day. If you like to tailgate, different story, but one o'clock's ideal. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, one. I think 10's pushing it just because of like. It's pushing it for me at home on television. Yeah, it's. It kind of sucks. Just because I'm talking. SC agreed to it. I'm talking for a, from a pure football standpoint. I just think, I think you'd have an opportunity. I'm not saying the game still might be incredible, but if I told you that game it was at four, there are no excuses for being groggy or you know. It's, yeah. it's a weird. Yeah. It's a, well. What do you mean SC, SC agreed to it? If you're SC, you're trying to win a national championship. You they are had to at, agree to that time slot. Yeah, SC had to agree to the time slot. Why is that? It's just the rule. SC. I don't know. I think it might be a league rule that maybe it's. If it's a short week, uh, you know, these are like um, late picks. Like it's not a game that was pre-picked three weeks ago for the time slot. I'm not exactly sure how it breaks down, but the rule in this case is USC would have had to agree. Maybe it's based on the time. Not sure. Wasn't David Shaw the original proponent about this on the West Coast? 9 a.m. kicks? Yeah. Maybe. I know Colorado was one of the schools that like was in favor of like, we'll play 9 a.m. games for them 10 a.m. I think Utah said they would have done it or they would do it a few years ago when this was a discussion. How many, how many times is I mean is, when you imagine you do it every week big noon big noon kickoffs going to be their game I mean is game day going to be there that week I mean, well how many times I thought you were about to say can how many times can they play this game can they play every home game big noon well they got to keep winning yeah yeah can they can they lose these next two games and still be a powerhouse like they f- are viewed right now. Well, let's say they lose both these games. They fall out of the top 25. They're three and two. They then play ASU and Stanford. They could get to five and two, hit their bye, go to UCLA. If they go to UCLA, that then becomes the game. You win that game, you're six and two. Yeah. With Oregon State, UCLA is five and one or whatever. That's a big game. With Oregon State and Arizona to follow, right? Now you're seven and two, maybe if you can pull it off. Like there still is a path to them to get back. And then you can be bad. You can be a top 20 team when you play Utah at the end of the year. I think they could have an enormous week and lose to Oregon if it's like 24-24 going into the fourth. 100%. Yep. But I think if it's You're one right. of those, How like, it looks. 
is it 33 to 7 at half or something? For two weeks in a row, does SC do the same thing? Like, to me, you then lose I, one of these games close and you get your ass beat in the other one, you, you're still a story. A huge part of the 9.3 million was the hype and everything, but they were also, like, if they were 0-2 in the same, it wouldn't have been the same. Like, yeah. they had been undefeated. Then the game was freaking awesome when you turned it on. You're like, oh, rivalry games? Like, this was old-school rivalry game? People are fighting? People are fighting. People are cheap-shotting, right? It was awesome. You give you give them a chance this week. Uh, yeah, I give them a chance. I, I think they'll – I was on John Canzano's radio show yesterday. You know old John? Uh, oh, yeah. I, I follow his Substack. Yeah. So, so I was Ethan on, said he's making like million dollars a year or something. I, I did see that. Um, and – he asked me, I get the feeling that people, I think people think Oregon's going to blow them out, but I've just seen enough now with Colorado that I don't think like the normal rules of this is how this game's going to go. They're just better on the lines. They're going to pound them. I've just seen them find ways to hang now enough. Shador is good enough. There are other, here's the thing. Travis Hunter's a stud. Their other receivers are good. Like their running backs are good. So, I am glad Oregon has environment that they just take care of business. But I'm it's going to be loud as shit. I'm glad this isn't a 9 a.m. kickoff. I'm glad it's in just... Eugene, too, because this is a yes. test now. All right. All right, everybody. We'll see you after uh, Thursday Night Football. Thanks for hanging. Later. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.